I should say we were fortunate enough to get those five, ten people who took all the hit, whether it's a salary or whether it's a some. There were times when people didn't get salary on time because right. we are not a funded company, a bootstrap company, because nobody was funding us. Nobody understood the space. Definitely, there were those ten, twelve committed people who decided to stay with, particularly me and Mr. Manjunath, and they only brought people. Who either were good or and they took time two years to learn the things, but they remain committed till today. That was IBS FinTech CEO and Managing Director on his journey from working at a central bank to solving the treasury problems of big techs. Welcome to the new season of the SaaS Founders Podcast. We're talking with Mr. C. M. Grover as he recalls the most difficult phase of his fintech group when his core team persevered in the midst of startup earthquakes. With the industries battling all the time high attrition rates, employees don't give a second thought without making a switch. But Mr. Grover has come to achieve what is a CEO's dream. Till today, in our company, attrition rate is close to zero. People from 10 years have not resigned in the company. Whatever they got, or the tough time they came, whatever there were, uh, those times when company, uh, it was decided to close the company and go home. So that, in, in, in spite of that, people continued to stay, remain committed, and I believe that they have synced themselves with the vision of the promoters. Okay, they were also not running away because we were making losses or we were not getting fund or we were not getting deals. But nobody ran away from uh, that. mission remained intact. And uh, if you understand, Hindi And without those committed people, IBS FinTech would not have been here where we are today. IBS wasn't an overnight success story. The investment took place gradually, and Grover saw the market shift over time, where he ventured into SaaS reaching multiple geographies to attaining a multi-million dollar funding. We got certain angel funding, small, small amount uh, at different intervals, where you see our chairman, Chalesh Adivakti, has put in some money here, or... Uh, uh, Akash Chandra, who is the global CFO of NASPOR, he had put in the money, or there are certain more people from Singapore and all. But all these were angel kind of network who looked at your face and just put in some money. Also, we had been on prime solution earlier, uh, get it up back. Now we had done the SaaS product also. So that has resulted in the need of money. So we have uh, coming out in the market for Series A funding, roughly 15 to 20 million dollars which is being worked out now and that, that helped us to, up to some extent, to survive. Mr. Grover never felt compelled to be an entrepreneur. The switch of gears from a secure, well-paying job in Vijay Central Bank to building softwares managing treasuries for cash-rich firms is his second innings. At the time when managing foreign exchange, transactions, or hedge managers consulting in big techs was unheard of, Mr. Grover saw his calling to find that gap, which he dug deeper. I think the subprime was the trigger for the idea. 
So work on the product started when the friend circle told that there is a gap in this market. There is no software for the, uh, managing their foreign exchange. There is no system which gives people a real time of information. So that was the idea. I myself have gone to the market, waited for CFOs and trying to convince them that hey, you need an intelligent zero support system. If at all you are able to convince, he will say okay, why I will take from the SAP or the Oracle. Why I should go to a roadside company? So we understood one thing that you need to have a credibility to make an entry in this space. So that. As a remuneration, we focused it. Okay, let us bring certain credible clients who trusted us, so that others can start looking at us. The year 2013 could be described as a watershed moment for the country's startup, as did IBS FinTech, which witnessed the rise of startups in the country after major players began to emerge with foreign capital infused as valuations doubled. And we cracked the deal after competing with all the major global players in the country, and that was the account which is the Benetton Colvin uh, Times of India Group. And ultimately, that group decided to go with us, but it was never a free. It was more than a million dollar because foreign companies don't know how to extract money from the Indian corporates. So right. that was when we started this. Four thirteen saw. Times of India coming in and saw Snapdeal coming in. They were looking for a software to manage their investment portfolio, and that major turnaround for the IBS fintech. When company's largest automaker Maruti Suzuki decided to go with us, hmm. a large family office of CL Corporation, they decided to go with us, and Sonali Katrakas family office, they decided. To go with us. That was the turning point in 2017 when when we declared that we had come to the market. More than 20% of new SaaS companies have emerged in the market in the last two years, and according to forecasts, the same indicators will grow by 40% by 2023. However, compliance is often a steep road that many SaaS founders are hesitant to venture into. Compliance is whether if somebody, some company comes up, entity in India. Or they want to enter in India, then there are in our central bank regulations are quite strict. They are not as liberal as it is in developed countries as far as the foreign exchange rules are concerned. Same are also. So that those things are quite controlled. So it is always preferred, advised to the people who are setting up these kind of entities because you cannot depend on a human that he will take care of timely submission of. Required information to the relevant statutory or the compliance authority. All these things are very, very important because companies should not miss the miss because of non-being non-compliant, which impacts their existence itself. You must have seen a lot of cases in the market today. A lot of even founders are facing that trouble because compliances or risk policy management were not completely controlled. So this is where. The solution worked. Many of the SaaS companies set up their offices either in the U.S. because of funding reasons, and then they set up a subsidiary in India. So it's not very clean and straightforward. Many companies struggle with it, so they start a business in India, then they go on to start a company in the U.S. and start a new subsidiary in India. 
Mr. Grover shares his theory on handling exposures, foreign currency, and how bootstrap businesses are cognizant of all this. The major thing is any any organization which sets up the office, um, is, uh, offices at different geographies, there are compelling reasons. Ultimately, either they want to do big business or they want to raise funds, or it can be both. In any case, they should definitely have, because it is ultimately, you cannot manage your millions of dollars exposures. When a company is set up, companies based out of US or UK or multi-geography, they are bound to have foreign exchange exposures in their transactions. Because somewhere it will be sterling, somewhere it will be euro, somewhere it will be Japan or somewhere it will be dollars or INR. They need an intelligent decision support system, which we provide. If they are cash rich, I should say, forget foreign currencies. Even if they are cash rich, suppose they are heavily funded, they have to manage their funds. Where do you invest to get the better, better return? Because money saved is money earned. They need the system to manage that. I do see that AI and RPA are now being deployed to ensure that you have smart hedging and forecasting that's happening. The question, however, stays that do algo models really work? As the next digital components gain force in the post-pandemic era, where the marketing community is headed for a transformation with digitization at its core. As far as the next level of product, which is coming up now, definitely none of the product company will survive without building AI capabilities in that. For the uh, bank reconciliation kind of RPA kind of scenario, or uh, the ML uh, machine learning is, uh, pieces to be embedded in the system. In addition to that, a lot of artificial intelligence based on the data accumulated in the system itself. What we are not doing today, we are not doing predictive analysis because none of the global TMS player also could do that. But as far as IBS FinTech is concerned, definitely we uh, set up a goal that ultimately we should land up there. That was Mr. CM Grover walking us through his second innings and reminding us it's never too late to begin with and keep going. As he navigated us through his decades of experience and insights on the hot topics in tech, showcasing perseverance and belief in what you do will always take you forward. That brings us to the end of the first episode of the refreshing new second season of the SaaS Founders podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an update on this show. And believe me, it doesn't matter what platform you're listening to this on. We're everywhere. And be sure to join us next week as we have an amazing founder who tells us his exciting story on how he got the dream team to start a company, which he and his team successfully exited. Yep, I said it, exited. So be sure to be back here next week. Finally, this show was made possible by the amazing team behind it. Special thanks to Amit and AJ, who took the time to edit this podcast, AJ and Charles, who worked tirelessly on sound design, and to Joseph Abraham, who took on our guest, Mr. Grover, in an exciting interview. Thank you, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>